I'm Sarah Gemitter. And I'm Jason Burkett. And this is Fourth Wave Feminism, the podcast. Where every episode, Sarah and I try to bring our different perspectives about the future of feminism into agreement. Funny line! <laughs> that was a funny line. <laughs> That's hilarious. Usually we have a funny line. I mean, that was funny. That was good. Um, but today we have a guest. Hi, my name is Paige Gardner, and I work at Loyola University. Uh, I'm an African-American woman, and I happen to oversee a woman of color organization called Lucis. Uh, it's an amazing opportunity for undergraduates and graduates to come together and build community, um, build their professional identity development, um, and just have conversations and find support in places that they normally don't find support. So... That sounds fantastic. Yeah. We love conversations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so today's episode, we wanted to talk about, um, you know, spreading the fourth wave, you know, because we've talked a lot about, and this is to fill you in as well. A lot of our episodes, we talk about like, what is the fourth wave and how is it different than the third wave? And what was the, oh, are you familiar with the waves of feminism? So I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like this weekend, <laughs> I was like, fourth wave feminism? What's, what is this <laughs> specific, specific term? Oh, so is it, okay. Yeah. I mean, other well, people, there are other people who Surprising, I did find something yeah, yeah, that was talking about it. Yeah, yeah, there are some other things that, t- that talk about a fourth wave of feminism where we just... There are kind of the three official waves yes. that are more established. Yes. Like, I think people are still jockeying for position on the fourth wave. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's, it's actually very exciting. I'm like, okay, this is very futuristic of how technology is impacting us, uh, how we're also broadening what feminism means and mm-hmm. how we're including everybody in the process. So I'm excited about today's topic. Dang. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the things we're going to talk about. So, yeah, like, of all the variations of fourth wave feminism, I would say that ours is the most sarcastic. <laughs> I think that's Sarcasm <laughs> is the best. Well, like, I don't know how serious, you know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty serious. I think yeah. that, like, we're really, <laughs> we don't know exactly what fourth wave feminism is yet, because we're trying to make, we're trying to figure that out. We're trying to make it. So we know about... First wave feminism, um, you know, trying to get the vote. Mm. Uh, and second wave feminism, get you know, women, you know, working, mm-hmm. you know, that kind, of, that kind of thing that you think of, like, the 60, the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then third wave feminism really the, being the reaction against the, the second wave, where you have, you know, women of color, women who are not, you know, middle class saying, mm-hmm. hey... The things that you're advocating for in second wave feminism are not necessarily things that I want or that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's more kind of splintery, the third mm. wave, so everyone's got their own little pocket. Yeah. Um, and so with fourth wave, it's kind of, it's trying to figure out, is there a, a thing that we can agree on? Is there some kind of cohesion? Um, and t- to me, fourth wave is all about making sure that we bring the men into it too. So it's not just about women advocating for women. Mm-hmm. It's men and women advocating for a world in which both men and women are better off. Agreed. So that's how I think of the fourth wave. Yeah, that's actually mm-hmm. how I've come to think of it too. After some well-structured thoughts shared by Sarah. <laughs> right. <laughs> over and so, years. <laughs> and so Jason and I are both, you know, white, middle class citizens of the United States, and we were very much aware that, like, that was one of the things that caused that reaction in the Mm. third wave was, Mm. you know, upper-class white women saying, this is what women want, so we don't want to be like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. avoid the mistakes of the second wave. (laughs) Yes, exactly, and really think about what is it, what is it, you know, what does fourth wave feminism mean, not just for us, but, you know, what, what can it mean for the rest of the world, for other, for people who are not like us. Yeah. So, that being said, for today's episode, um, what we want to talk about is, at, you know, like, like we've been hammering down the pillars and the tenets of fourth wave, like, feminism, as we describe it, and so, like, every episode is us, like, making a rule, or at least, like, I think of us as making a rule, like, it's okay to, like, call girls women mm. or it's not okay to call girls women <laughs> <laughs> making a rule <laughs> like it's okay 
well, I can't think of it. Like sports, you know, we try to, we have an episode on sports and we say, this is how perfect world sports would be. Mm. And like that kind of thing. Yeah. And then we want to say now, okay, so how would we take these rules we've been laying out and like share them with people that might come up with different rules, you know, mm, like left mm. to their own devices mm. on their podcast. Mm. Right. And we've also been talking l- lately and, and kind of historically too. I feel like one of our earlier conversations about feminism was about this idea that, I mean, we might have one idea about what is good for women, uh, whereas someone in another cul- culture in another country might have, a completely different idea. Mm-hmm. And so, and we talk about that kind of like, um, what is that called? Cultural colonialism? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yeah. You, you know, about, you know, the, the dangers of saying, well, these are our values. Right. And we want to enlighten you with our values. Yeah. It also yeah. makes me think of like equality and e- equity, right? Mm-hmm. So we could say everybody needs, this is what women's rights looks like for everyone, but is it equitable? Are we taking into account other folks' cultural norms, uh, what other folks want to identify themselves at. And I think that's what fourth wave seems to be, what it's about, you having the power to identify yourself. as What does feminism mean to you? Right. And that is okay. There is no broad term for what that is. I will say randomly, before I came to this, <laughs> came to this uh, conversation, you know, it hasn't been very long that I considered myself a feminist or a black feminist. Um, So getting into the idea of women of color not being included within the the feminism or the feminist movement. um, You know, I think when I think about everything I've had to overcome connected to my race, I just felt like being a woman and black, those were my two identities that I'm most oppressed in. And I don't think there's a word for it, but I do want equality in these areas. Um, And so I actually had never started using the term until maybe grad school. And even then, it wasn't something that I threw around all the time. Although I do feel that I represent what it means to be a feminist. Um, And so it's interesting when uh, we just did our first Woman of Color Journal publication. And uh, this year... The cover of it, we, you know, it's called A Journal of Literature and Arts for Women of Color by Women of Color. And we substituted the E with a Y, and it became a huge discussion. <laughs> like, wait, wait, why are you misspelling women? Like, what What does the Y mean? So many people were like, what does the Y mean? And the committee that we were working with, um, we had a specific individual who's, who's in the Women and Gender Studies department, um, and she was like, I think this is really important to, to represent. We are more than we are more than just a womb, you know, like we, uh, we should separate ourselves from, from men and make it a point. And it was a hot topic and it was a discussion I had to have with my director. It was a discussion that we had with the committee and it was just like, I don't know if enough people know what that is. So the compromise was if we choose this, um, we need to have a statement of why we're, why the why. That's right. literally what we named it. Um, <laughs> why the why. And that we need to start including our women of color within this idea of the feminist movement. Not idea. It is a feminist movement. And so that I thought was an interesting situation that I did not think we would come across this year. And it was a big deal. Yeah. It was a big deal. Not a lot of people, like I said, I never was raised to think about what it means to be a feminist or nor did I have women in my life who were like, I am a feminist um, until I was introduced to Bell Hooks. So, yeah. And I went to all-women school, but it was still different. I didn't identify with my white counterparts who were just like, this is who I am. This is what I'm fighting for. And it was just like, hmm, okay. (laughs) Like, I fight for this on a regular basis, like, but I don't label it. And you feel like you fight for it regarding race, not gender. Race and gender kind of go together. Um, I would say race and gender tend to go together. And I wonder if I was just reading another article. um, Like, I even printed it. What? (laughs) Come and prepare. Um, So this is interesting, the title, but um, When White Women Cry, How White Women's Tears Oppress Women of Color. Um, And it's talking about the idea of 
white women have like a one up and a one down identity. So you're a part of a dominant culture being white, but you're a part of an oppressed group as being a white woman. And so you have the privilege to go back and forth between that. Whereas if you're a woman of color, your idea of woman identity, your woman identity is being defined by your cultural culture. And so in our larger society, people of color are seeing that as less than angry, you know, and therefore the angry black woman, all those things become tied to you. Right. There's layers upon layers. There's layers on layers about how it works. And so I think maybe that's what it is, you know, thinking that there's multiple areas where I may experience oppression. And so it's not that I'm looking at women as, as the biggest piece when, you know, race or that culture context really impacts how I show up, how I identify yeah, I feel like this is all yeah, a it's lot part of information. Of this conversation. It is. It's hard to, when you get these, these overlapping and intersecting yes. areas of color and class yes. and, you know, and country and culture, mm-hmm. that, like, how do you, I mean, that's where it becomes tricky is how do yeah. you reconcile all of those things being fair to everyone mm. but still keeping the conversation moving forward? Yeah. And figure out, okay, what do we all have in common? And so I think one of the questions for this podcast is, do we all have something in common? Like, should we just be talking in our, Our yes, in our discrete areas um, Mm -hmm. and say, you know, this is our specific thing, so we're going to work on this. And we cheer you on working on your separate thing, but we're not going to get in each other's way. Or, you know, Mm -hmm. how do we help each other? I don't like that plan. Neither do I. I Neither do I. I. The pod plan. Yeah. No, I don't think that works because, I mean, maybe it works. I guess it has worked because there's been some progress, you know. Um, But it doesn't seem like the fourth way of way, the way that we've talked about it before. Mm. Because every time it sounds like, you know, I I will often say like, oh, that sounds like a woman problem, you know. But Mm. you're like, no, that's an everybody problem. Yes. And so it's easy for me to think of these issues as like an everybody problem. Yeah. Here's a trick. I think it's naming and claiming. So I think it's uh, like it's about awareness, like knowing and acknowledging that there's these different identities within feminism. If we can acknowledge that, if we can name that and claim it and say this is how we want to support each other, it's almost like a mission statement. Is your mission statement inclusive? Right. You know, whose rights are you focusing on? Who? What are you putting the most energy into? And equitable question of, you know, how are we making sure all the resources are being shared? I don't think that happens. And I don't think that happens in all areas of focus. You know, when we talk about, when we talk about social identities, immediately people think to black and white. That's not exactly what social identities are about. It's beyond race, you know? And so I think that happens all the time where people don't want to (laughs) share the resources or time. They think that their agenda is more important. (laughs) Well, that's exactly it. It's that prioritization Mm. is people thinking like, this needs to be the priority. Like from me, from my perspective, I think that, you know, equal pay needs to be the priority. Whereas someone coming from kind of a different subset, a different angle of things might be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The priority is... Uh, whatever, eradicating sexual violence. Mm. Or, you know, there are different, like in my community, in my area, this is the thing that's the most dangerous. Or in my community, in my area, this is the thing that's holding us back the Mm. most. And there are going to be different senses of priority. I think that's where that desire to kind of separate separate comes from. It's like, this is my priority. Yeah. When I will say, like, so just to sort of maybe bookend the how is the world now, mm-hmm. because we're, like, right on the cusp of how do we want it to be, I think. Yeah. Um, can we say, then, that, like, as things stand, there's, like, this sort of pod, like, people have different priorities, and I would even say that, you know, if we're going to start talking, like, sort of internationally to the best of our ability, you know, because I think we're all from the U.S., right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like we will now guess about what it is like to be from someplace else. Mm. And, um, but I feel like this, you know, we can't say what the priorities are of other people, you know, which is why you're such a 
great guess for us to have because you can tell us what your priorities are and mm-hmm. Sarah can say what hers are, I can say what mine are. But like we can agree maybe that this is like how the world is now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say. And I also would say, I mean, we always want, it's the intention. So our intentions are always great. We don't think about the impact. Yeah. 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 And we can like, there's like opportunities to like help each other out. Right. Or like reprioritize, you know, if we were Mm -hmm. working together. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. me this episode is about question one like do we want to include like people not in the U.S. you know Mm. and in my mind it's like yeah of course we do but then it's like it's almost like you need to define what feminism in the U.S. means and then expand from there what does it mean when we're talking internationally and regionally or I think that's what it becomes yeah. I, Instead of saying that this is just the right way for everyone, period. Because that's very American. That's very us. Yes. <laughs> and, one size fits all. Yeah, and one of the ways, uh, it's interesting, to if you look at some international efforts, so like the UN um, Declaration yeah. on, the, on the Rights of Women, mm. what are, so you have an international body trying to come up some, with some things, like what can we all agree are the rights of women? Mm. Um, and even within that document, there are, there are certain things that certain countries are like, we will sign this, but with an exemption for this. Mm. So, you know, one of the things that, they, that, uh, that is in there, I believe, is women have a right to own property. Mm. And there are certain countries where, like, look, that's not the way we do things. So we are stating our personal, yeah. as a country, objection to yeah. this Epic. declaration of... of, <laughs> of kind of international, universal yeah. rights. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so we know that it's really hard to come to consensus mm-hmm. about even kind of basic things, yeah. like women have a right to own property, which feels to us in the U.S. Like, Ooh, it makes you squirm. Yeah, it makes like, me that squirm. That was first wave. We took care of that in the first wave. <laughs> right. Um, and so I think that's part of what you're what you're dealing with on an international level is there, there are all these different cultures where people are starting from a different, completely different places. Mm. And so, mm. I mean, that's one of my kind of big questions yeah. is how, how do we encompass, when you have different cultures, different perspectives, and you're starting from different places, and even just to say, like, you know, that we're starting ahead or behind is making a value judgment. Exactly. And you've got to get rid of that. Where we are. And it's so hard because it feels so basic. It feels like, come on. Right. We can agree about that, right? We can agree about not mutilating. So in -hmm. terms of, like, how do we want the world to be? Mm -hmm. Like, what you're describing is sort of, like, so right now we have this pod method, right, where Mm -hmm. everybody's doing things. And, like, you're saying... That's a good thing. Like, that's okay, right? That's a good thing that there's, like, this variety and diversity of, like, Mm. ways of living, right? Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. like, I think that, you know? Like, I want people to, like, be able to do different things. But I feel like there's, like, certain, like, owning property to me Mm -hmm. is, like, oh, that's below the cutoff line, you know? Like, you're allowed to treat women (laughs) Can we come up with, you know, the unbreakables? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that are just, like, off off the menu for yeah, off the table of like yeah. yeah. And then is that like our perfect world that there's like, oh, you know, we like have like girls getting married at thirteen and we're like, meh and they're like fourteen and we're like, yeah, okay, everybody's different. You know? (laughs) 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 Right. Where do we draw the child bride line? Right, Mm. yeah. And like so for me, I feel like my perfect world, there is a baseline. You know, Mm. but I like one of the things I enjoy about the podcast and feeling in like a safe room to be able to say that is that's a terrifying thing to say. You know Mm. what I mean? To say like there should be a baseline. There should be a baseline. Yeah, like I think like I was raised Western, white, you know, male, and I am here to tell you that I think everyone should adhere to at least X, Y, and Z behavioral norm. Mm. And after that, you can get individualistic you know but that's like a scary 
thing to say, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like that's, like, even as I'm saying it, I'm like, yeah. that's not right, you know? Like, there shouldn't be, like, who am I to say, you know? Which is why I'm, like, yeah. enlisting companions, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Like, oh, you should say that, too, <laughs> right? Because if we all think everything should be the same way. Yeah. Then, you know, so, I don't know. That's, I don't like it. It sticks in my throat. I feel like mm. it's wrong. Yeah, it's hard. One of the things that I keep going back to is, like, what do... What do women want for themselves in different places? Mm -hmm. So I think about, okay, what do women in the U.S. want for themselves? What are those, you know, what do women in Afghanistan want for themselves? If you have women in Afghanistan saying, we want an education, which by and large they are saying, um, then I think that's something that we can kind of come together on, like, okay, these women are saying they want an education. So let's make it happen. Yeah, let's see what we can do. That's something I want you to have an education. You want to have an education. So let's, you know, see if we can come together on that. And and I think that as this is my hope and that it's part of that dangerous thing of you're kind of trusting that as we become more connected, mm-hmm. as we like, work together and help each other out more and see what everyone else has going on, it's like, okay, I'm going to trust that once the women in, Afghan- if in Afghanistan who want an education get that education, then other things that maybe right now they're saying, you know, I don't want this or I don't need this, you know, maybe they'll get to that place where they're like, oh, no, now I want this. I want mm-hmm. control over who I'm going to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a little bit of just ha- having to trust rather than saying, I think... Owning property is a baseline. It's like, well, let's see what they want. My response to the baseline idea is if you do the baseline, then what are we willing to give up? Because what that means is there's going to be certain areas where we have to bend too on what we're deeming is right is not right to everyone else either. So would we be willing to give up some things to to have a baseline? Oh, that's a hard <laughs> question. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. we, I mean, we feel that these are things that are important. The baseline really idea, you have to be want. willing to, to give and to take. The pod group idea that I am, I think I'm feeling the pod group idea, <laughs> is that there's power in numbers too. So there's an exception to that pod group thing. Like, yes, there's only so much you can do, like, in your solid groups. But when we come together as a united front, we're taking down a wall. So... Again, I think it goes back to your example of uh, um, if education is what you all are trying to accomplish, this is how we've accomplished it. Let's work on this together. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what allyship looks like to me. I think that that works for me. <laughs> it, was that a was that a, a, a compromise? <laughs> no, I mean I like yeah. I want the pod way to result in my values. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, like yeah. that's kind of what we're all sort of saying no matter like how we right. come at it it's like i want everybody to like yeah you're trying to get to like a certain me. place right and yeah. you don't care necessarily how like maybe the baseline way is the way to get there maybe it's not maybe this other way but as mm-hmm. long as like we all agree this is where we're trying to go mm-hmm. then we can we can come at it from different even different perspectives Is there any way to separate baseline from, like, what's normal? Like, when I think of a baseline, I also feel like that's saying these are the norms that we're agreeing to. And so who decides those norms or, like, what is that baseline? Yeah, (laughs) It's just hard. It's like, how do you actually develop that? I know, without having, like, an invited conversation. Otherwise, it's just going to be someone saying, well, this is my baseline and I'm operating from that. Right. Like, unless you have something like... A UN convention. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's someone from of. everywhere. So let's hammer it out. What is our collective baseline? Mm-hmm. And so here's kind talk of, about glacial. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, still though, good for good for them. Like to me, like the UN, it's like. We could be, oh, that's great. You know, I didn't know about either of these things that you've mentioned, and now I have to, like, go look them up. But that's fantastic. I love knowing that we're not the only people trying to solve this problem. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. No, but I think that, um, like, for me, with our fourth wave here, we're not confined by the UN sort of mandate, you know? No. So, like, we could do it however we want it. Mm-hmm. And like in my mind, if if we if we 
after thinking of our best way to get there, are like, oh, the UN actually is getting there the best way there is to get there. Like, that's one thought. But I don't want us to necessarily close the door. I have a feeling that's what we all think, right? Like, I feel like that's what it is. But I want to, like, entertain the notion that there's another faster, more aggressively, less inclusive, you know, like, all these bad things that result in, like, and women can go to school. You know? Uh-huh, like, sorry, uh-huh. I was a jerk for 30 years, um, and now women can go to school. Is it worth it? Like, at what point, like, what has to happen mm. to how many people before we're like... Yeah, before someone puts their foot down. Yeah, and, and says, it's just like, like, that's over now. Like, women go to school. Women can own property. It's not a conversation anymore. Mm. And, like, you know, like, so for me, if that were an, a thought, for our perfect world, like how do we get there mm. would be a different conversation. So I just want to float that yeah, as yeah. the resident bad guy. <laughs> no, I totally hear you. Cause I, I mean, I do feel that sense. Like it feels like there's a sense of urgency beside, be, behind some things mm-hmm. and you feel like, no, I don't want to wait one more day yeah. to eradicate sex trafficking. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but how do you do that without being, dictatorial and saying everyone who has the power to make this stop you make it stop yeah hmm. you're a pacifist so you wouldn't even support the guns the guns plan <laughs> yes it's true I, I wouldn't would you support the guns like using the military to no not your, not your yeah I don't think military is the answer to everything you know I think that's just us flexing like yeah, although I, I will say that when, like, this whole story about the um, the kidnapped Nigerian girls, like, mm-hmm. everything that I read about that, like, I do feel this visceral urge to be like, we need to go in there and get those girls back yeah. and get them back to their families because this is ridiculous. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it's infuriating, and we have to, like, I don't care. I will force those kidnappers, yeah. whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, like, that's the feeling. Yeah. But then, like, the question is, like, is that what you do? Is that the best way to do it? Because, mm. Just because it may, might be the fastest way? The most satisfying. The mo- yeah, the most, yeah. Satis- the most satisfying to our sense of justice to like go storming in there and say this is how important this is. We are bringing the full might uh, of our combined militaries of the world into right. say these, two, these 230 girls matter to us. Yeah. Like that's what it, like, it feels to me like I want to be like, that's how much I feel like this, this matters. I want to bring, I, I feel that. But, like, is that what's going to get them out? Is that what's actually going to work? Yeah. I don't know what's going to work. Well, have we been presented other options for how it could work? Uh, I always think of lessers of, lesser of two evils as well. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it comes down to, like, like, we do need, we want this outcome. The girls are important to us. We need to make this happen. And by just talking about it, doing awareness campaigns, is that the only thing that's going to help us get these girls back? Well, yeah. So, like, in my mind, I'm not I'm saying, yeah, yeah, that's the only thing. Um, like, in my mind, because I'm a crazy person, I feel <laughs> like, I'm like, we have a range of options available to us if we want to go down that road, mm-hmm. you know? Like, not necessarily the getting the girls back thing, but if mm-hmm. we say, like, okay... Like, if we decide that the fourth wave stance mm-hmm. on, like, how we get to our perfect world. And, you know, again, it feels like we're outsourcing the fourth wave that we're like, oh, some Americans thought up what yeah, the I gender know. baseline should look yeah. like. That yeah. all everyone gets an education no matter what your gender is. And we're here to install that idea. Um, No matter how we go about installing it. So, like, you're against the military. I'm like, okay, that's fine. I agree it might not work. But, like, do we want to, like, get creative on, like, non-military ways to accomplish that? Mm -hmm. Like, putting it on other people, knowing that in 60 years they'll be like, I couldn't imagine girls not going to school. We're like, eh, we only, you know, it only takes 60 years. For 60 years... Problem gone forever. Right. We can, we'll take we'll take the flack now. Exactly. For the mm-hmm. outcome, sixty years later, when people are like, "Oh, I'm so glad that yes, people were uh, right. were assholes about it." Right. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like right. good job, Congress. Way to ignore everything <laughs> yeah. and just do what's right. You know? Yeah. That's like. 
Maybe <laughs> it's not, you know, the right way to get there or whatever in terms of democracy and public opinion and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I don't know. This is why you're our guest, babe. Ah, I, I, I for sure don't know. Um, yeah. Does it, I, you know, you said something earlier that I have to ask, because because you were, you know, with your article, you were saying that, like, white women are in this position where they're, like, one moment they're the oppressee, and the next moment they're, like, the oppressor. Do you ever feel that way, like, as an American, that you're, like, oh, oh, I'm, like, totally in the driver's seat? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why I feel like this is so interchangeable. You know, a big part of this is um, the privilege identity exploration model. So it's not just about like your whiteness, it's the areas that you experience privilege. So I think it definitely applies to me being an American and thinking, well, this is the right way, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and having to check that. It's, yeah, when when you're in the privileged group, it takes practice to be aware of how you impact a space. And our American culture is not used to that at yeah. all. Doesn't want to do it at all. Not. Yeah. Well, that's, you know? I mean, yeah, like, I think that I am... I mean, nobody wants to, to literally be like, yeah, I am an oppressor. Like, right. <laughs> nobody wants to think of the sel- themselves as that way. Um, and that's where you get that, the the defensiveness, the defense mechanisms mm-hmm. that come up um, where, okay, I'm going to distract you from the point at hand because I'm feeling threatened right now. I feel uncomfortable, and so therefore I'm trying to, you know. Yeah. Yeah, without realizing that's what you're doing. Oh, well, my best friends are black. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with this specific <laughs> incident. Yeah, yeah, you know. That's why I feel especially, like, nervous or wary about, like, coming down and saying... Um, sometimes you just have to do what needs to be done. Because that does feel like such a yeah. culturally specific thing to, to us. And, I, and, I'm aware, and I'm just aware of that. And so I feel like, oh, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. But sometimes a decision does have to be made. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the, yeah. the part that makes it tough. Like, I guess at some point you got to be like, really, this is enough. <laughs> well, yeah, and for me, I feel like... Is it, like, who are, you know, like, obviously, like, talking about, like, the privilege and the power, like, the recipe for, like, a white American upper-middle-income upbringing results in, like, this conversation where I'm, like, should we let it happen? You know, like, as if, like, <laughs> right. as if we're going, right, exactly. right. It's, like, do, how long do we allow this that's, for? That's the entitlement. The, context, yeah, the entitlement. That, yeah, and so to some extent, it's, yeah a silly question in the first place you know but then on the other hand I really like because I am used to you know maybe it's all inflated or maybe it's you know real but I think of myself as being like you have just about all the privilege there is you know so it's like if you can't decide or or, you know act or not act you know and like again like is it how real is yeah but I think you know do anything I don't know but, but maybe I've the, heard it's a lot. Like, I'm yeah. told that as Americans, we have tons of power. And I'm told yeah. that, like, as a white male American, I have tons of power. And so I'm like, so should I use it? You know, should we <laughs> use it to turn, to say, like, enough is enough, you know? I think the phrasing is, how do we work with you to tear this down, to stop this, instead of, do we let this happen? Like, do yeah. Do we do the work for you? No, it's like we can do this together. And how are we making, how do we intentionally set out to say, what do you all want? What do you need? Like, what is your priority versus us deciding what's the most important? So we're saying in our perfect world, this works. Like in our perfect world, there's diversity pods, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's doing things differently, but they're all slowly learning from each other the mm-hmm. best way to do well by everybody. Right, and and inviting yes. um, inviting collaboration. Exactly. Yes. These are my priorities in my pod. What are your priorities? How can we now help each other? It does no good if we stay separate the whole time. Oh, it's you got to check interconnected in. Interconnected pods. Yeah, interconnected <laughs> pods. Winning out of the word. Interconnected pods. Okay. So that is, yeah. in addition to being our ideal world, 
it also might be how we get there. Right, yeah, of being open to those connections Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, I know what I want, I know what my priorities are. Who else has similar priorities? Mm -hmm. What are other people's priorities? Mm -hmm. How can we work together to Mm -hmm. achieve these these different angles? And then the patience and the trust, it has to be, you know, folded into that, you know, trusting that everybody's doing their best. Um, that everybody knows what's best for them, their respective areas. Yeah. That's that's really, I think, key, is trusting that people know what's best for them. Ooh. Better than you know what's best exactly. for them. Exactly. I also tend to think about who doesn't have a voice in these pods. So these yeah. pods oh. are representing a larger entity. How do we know... That it's not growing. Like, there are a group of people who are like, we are over child marriage, but there's not enough of us to have a majority voice. Right, to have a voice. So now how does that? Yeah. So then how does that work? 10% of people in the country have an objection. And then is it bad if, so the pod that has the interest working with that 10% to help them grow? Is that like breaking the inter like the right. what do we call it the interconnected? Yeah. Pod? yeah. Is like that breaking the codes? Or, of, yeah, or breaking the trust of the thing. Breaking right? the trust. Like, yeah. I might add something else into the mix. Yeah. What do we do with that 10%? How do we then trust that that area that region is going to also provide opportunity for their voice to be heard like is there a system in place for voices to be heard to decide who is the majority you get what i'm saying i do yeah like how do we know that this pod is like real (laughs) yeah Yeah. how do we decide that yeah oh exactly we decide what Particularly when you're talking about, yeah, exactly, we're talking about internationally, like, what does, you know, qualify as a a body of people, like, self-identification? I think that because our strategies are all, like, hearts and minds, you know, Mm -hmm. like, we're talking about, like, assisting their nonviolent revolution to say, like, we want education, but there's only 10% of us. We're in a place where, you know, journalists have to be the only people that can lend us a voice under great duress, you know. Um, So I would say that if we have just a handful of reports, like for me, like, again, it's hard not to go in anyway. Mm. Like, ideas blazing. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so like if one report comes back from one journalist and they're like, this person like, you know, agreed under conditions of anonymity and stuff to like, tell me that they want an education or that they want to own a business or whatever, then we can be like, fourth wave activate. (laughs) We can like, help that one person. And if it becomes 10 people or 10%, then we can like, work with that, stoke that fire, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully not beyond what it would be burning by itself. So the fourth wave is not about the pods. The fourth wave is about giving voice to the, to the mind, like to the folks, folks that aren't being represented. Or that, what I'm comfortable saying mm -hmm. is that the fourth wave is about getting everybody to live like us that would like to. Again, that's the heavy-handed way of saying it. Right. But, like, I don't, like, want to couch the yeah. assimilation in nice language, you know? Because we are talking about... <laughs> Get like, like us. Yeah, yeah, we're very much and like, I feel like, these are my values. I heard you want some of my values. Like, I'm here to help you get some of my values. That's why I feel like it's really important to be, to include in that, like, openness to be influenced by others and openness to acknowledge that our values that, could get better yeah oh yes that so that it's not only like well, what is it that you want how can i help you but what is it that i want yeah how can, how you, can help you help me, me? right oh oh <laughs> you just blew my mind because we talk all the time about how, like, equality is good for everybody. Mm -hmm. So, like, can I say it's a desire within my pod? Oh, see, it's going to sound... Say it again. Say it. Like, it's a desire within my pod. I've been... I have it on good authority of Sarah (laughs) that my life will get leaps and bounds better 
once everybody is equal. And so I'm interested in that. I'm like, yeah, I want my life to get better. How do I help? And it seems like one of the ways I help is help everybody live a more equal life. Like it's a self-interested thing. Oh, yeah. So if in my own desire I want an equal, like I want a baseline, but now we're back to me wanting a baseline (laughs) and going to other pods and being like, you could make my life a lot better, Sarah swears, if you (laughs) could own property and go to school, (laughs) you know? Like are we that connected? I I hear, I think connection is part of the, the goal is to be connected so that we have these opportunities. It's just about like not enforcing the connection on any end. Everything's right. voluntary. Right. So really, okay. So yeah. really what would make my life better is everybody volunteering to be equal. Like wanting to be equal, wanting mm-hmm. their neighbors to be equal. Uh-huh. Like that's the perfect world. It's it's not that everybody is equal, no matter how it happens. It's that everybody is interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a huge. So that's the perfect world. Is that everybody right. wants the same baseline? Hmm. Mm. They want the best, continually evolving baseline that we have collectively realized together. Yes. I think, (laughs) yes, I still, like, the whole baseline concept feels a little... Right. Yeah, Mm. I I just don't know if we're ever going to... I think of a balanced give-and-take process. So as much as you're giving, hopefully you're taking from the group as well what you need. So you're helping these, you're helping these, this pod, you're helping this pod, and you're working with this pod to get help. For mm-hmm. another need right. that's Someone's different from us. what you're yeah. helping the other group with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a balanced give and take. Because yeah. if it's imbalanced, then someone's going to be taking more. And that's the problem, too, is like, you know, exploiting or taking up the most space. And it's not necessarily about who can get the most from this right. uh, from this community communal pod living thing. <laughs> right. And it can also, if you're just in the position where you're always saying... How can I help you? How can I help you? You're setting yourself up uh, as mm-hmm. the person who has Everything. all the things to go out. If you're not also opening yourself up to, to the vulnerability of saying, I need help too. There's something that you have to offer me. Then, then, it, then it's, it's, it's one-sided. Then, and then even if like your intentions are really good of like, I want to help, I want to help. If, you're, if the message that you're sending out is... I only have help to give you. You can give nothing to me. Right. Then, like that's the, again. Yeah. Down. Then the outcome is mm-hmm. that you're telling the other person I'm better than you are. I feel like that solves for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've done it. Like, <laughs> this feels like the end of an episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I also feel like we've, it's been very heady, so Mm -hmm. maybe is there a way to connect it more so specifically? Action items. We love action (laughs) items. I think that's my last piece that's missing is if I was listening to this. Did that all just make sense? <laughs> y'all, wait, y'all talking about North Korea now? Like, wait, what? what just happened? Yeah. These pods? What? Are we talking about feminism? Like, what is it that we're focusing on? <laughs> right, 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 right. Just like yeah. that. <laughs> but no, no, I agree. I, I like ending with, like, what's a specific, you know, set of action items? Like, what am I taking away from this conversation? What specific, tangible thing am I going to try yeah. to do? Thinking time. Right? Oh, I have one right out of the gate. <laughs> okay, okay, right out of the gate. It was something you said, Paige, that oh. evaluate, like, what I could handle giving up. That, mm-hmm. that like, mm-hmm. currently the U.S., like, values as, like, a, a fundamental. And, like, what could I compromise, you know? Yeah, what do you give up or compromise to create a more inclusive environment that's supporting everyone. Yeah. Where there's equitability. And even just to put myself in the shoes of the people I'm saying, like, you've got to let your women go to school. Mm-hmm. Like, stop oppressing them. Mm-hmm. And, like, what would they say to me that would 
be the equivalent where I'd be like, oh, that's not how right. it Right, your birth, your birth <laughs> control. <laughs> your birth control. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, that's not a thing. Like, you're crazy. Like, yeah. We're never going to do that. Right. So, yeah, I think that would be a really valuable exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, strengthen my, my ability to interact with other pods. Definitely. All right, so I'm thinking, like, all right, so my kind of concrete action item would be I am going to try and identify some pods that I have some kind of connection with Mm -hmm. Um, and then try to figure out, okay, what is that? What is that thing that is your priority? What is my priority? So like, for for example, just in some of the other work I've been doing, uh, I've come across this organization called the uh, Revolutionary... Uh, Association of the Women of of Afghanistan. Um, And they're very much, like, trying to be a voice for women, and they're very much saying, we want education. So education for women and girls is really important to me. I know of this group that it's important to them. So what what can I do to foster that connection? Mm -hmm. And share the resources. Yeah. Find the commonality and share the resources. Allyship. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Allyship. Okay. How can I be... Feminism and allyship. How can I be an ally? This sounds great. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is getting rid of the one-size-fits-all and that, you know, there's an answer for everybody's problem. There isn't necessary. There's not one answer for everyone's problem. So... Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me is getting rid of that notion. And it's hard. It's hard for me sometimes to think that my idea of what's wrong is not the same thing for someone else. Yeah, and I I think, too, about that thing that you said earlier about recognizing uh, our own privilege and sense of power and, like, you know, reminding ourselves, like, okay, I'm in a situation with, you know, someone who's maybe not in my same grouping or, you know, whatever, like where, who has the power in this, you know, where am I kind of aware or unaware of my power in this situation and how is that influencing that relationship? You, it's like, it really starts with the personal, like yourself, your self-awareness, knowing how you impact a space. Um, and then also knowing like, where is it that you need the help getting that help? So that you could be your best self to help others. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And like where, okay, what are the areas where I think that like we in the United States, we need some help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And how, where can, where can I go? Who's, who's doing things that I'm like, yeah, they, they know what's going on. Let's see if we can get some help. Like this whole, like the, the whole like contraception thing. I feel like, why are we going backwards on this? We mm-hmm. need some help. Let's find some people who have figured out a way to uh, roll this out to people where they're not going backwards, where, you know, there are plenty of countries out there <laughs> where they are totally on board with the, the importance of contraception, and, ev- and there's, like, a good buy-in for mm-hmm. that. So I want to look at those countries. What are they doing? How, how did they get to that place? Because that's a place where I feel like, yeah, we, we need help. Mm. Please help us. We need the uh, fourth waivers of Canada exactly. to come bail us out here. <laughs> Throw in with us. Jeez, Canada. <laughs> I'm freaking dying here. You see it? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's power in numbers. Yeah. Which is sometimes a bad thing. <laughs> Right? Because that, like... Yes, if you're using the power for evil, that's right. terrible if there's more of you <laughs> getting together to push this agenda that's terrible. But, yes, if it's for the good, yes, it could also work very nicely. Yeah. Um, okay, I have one more thing yeah, I just want to be yeah. okay with. Because, again, a big concern of mine with, like, the, the pod approach yeah. and the acceptance of... It's okay if you like that. It's okay if you like that. Is, like, I mean, I think it's important to, like, challenge ourselves to say, like, what is it? Like, where is that line for us personally? And, I mean, it seems almost like we're saying, like, get better at 
stretching the boundaries of acceptable to include. Yeah. The pods are saying that we accept that there are differences among this world. Yeah. We're accepting that. And then now we can share with each other. It's not but that we want to stay separate, but that we also want to interconnect. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's like we have to learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Exactly. Like, literally, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that, th- I mean, that speaks to me because saying, like, I think we should just enforce our will on others is like, eh, but I kind of, <laughs> that doesn't feel right. But then being like, you want me to accept what is, like, shocking and upsetting, but I'm like, yeah, that feels right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so I just want to say, you know. That the fourth wave, if yeah. this still works, yeah. is not, it's still like a political, like action oriented movement. Like, you know what I mean? Like, our goal is not to just like accept upsetting things and then pat ourselves on the back and be like, fourth wave, done, good job. <laughs> right. Hey, no. Uh, no, no, yes, that's great. Yeah, no. like, I accepted something horrible. Yeah. <sighs> no. Like, yeah. Take a break, everybody. You did great. Yeah. We want to be like that. I not, agree. Yeah. Action is important. It's a tool for this this happening. Yeah, for yeah. for moving forward together. Positive things that we haven't even discovered yet. Yes, it's almost like the action is going to help others that you're sharing those commonalities with. While you're sharing those commonalities, hoping hoping that people <laughs> are. Um, also being aware and like recognizing the changes that are happening and taking notes. The leading by example notion of like we're going to lead by example and let our actions speak for themselves. Yeah. And trust that there's going to be a ripple effect. I think. Th- All right. So we haven't compromised the fourth wave. I don't think so. In our attempt to so. include all these different ideas. No, I don't think so. I think we're in a great place. I think we did it. All right. High fives all around. Mm. Thank you for joining us. (laughs) Um, Typically, we talk about whatever episode's next. I feel like knowing when our next episode (laughs) is at this point, who knows if we would even remember by the time we got to it what we said we were going to do. I think you're right. So. So. (laughs) Mystery. Mystery Mystery episode episode 11. Oh, that sounds exciting. So, review us on iTunes, and I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, now. and thank you, Paige, for no being problem. part of this conversation. It was for being our first ever guest. Oh, thanks for having me. And it's thank nice. you to Emily for... Thanks, Emily. ...hooking us up with all of our audio equipment, oh, and hopefully editing. <laughs> <laughs> and contributing valuable ideas. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably cut those out. <laughs> <laughs> Another success.